Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg. And this is Kirk Gray. Hey, Kirk. Hey, Fred. Hey, you know, it's been a while since we've chatted and um, yeah, I, I we got a question I thought you might be able to dive in on because I have a vague impression of what you're, well, I have a pretty clear picture of what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, Fred, after six years, you think you know. <laughs> you think I'd know. Yes. I might be surprised. Yeah, you... Every now and then you do surprise me. So. So, okay. so the, the, the gist of the story, the question, and I traded email a couple of times and, and okay. uh, tried to give him my point of view, but I figured I'd give you a shot at it too. So, so, All right. so he, he wrote and said, we, we recently launched a product um, and we had done um, a full reliability plan. We did, you know, risk assessment, FMEAs, we did testing, we did all this stuff. And we had a model that... Uh, using test data and field in history of what we've done in the past and, you know, stuff like that to say that, oh, we're meeting our target, our, our objective. They had a reliability goal and they said, oh, we, we think we're going to be good. And mm -hmm. they're starting to get field failures back pretty early okay. in their process. Yeah. And right. it's because the users are using it in ways they didn't expect, in places they didn't expect. Um, there's a mm -hmm. few uh, manufacturing you know, variation of parts. There's a couple of mm -hmm. design flaws. They, they, they're getting, <laughs> they're getting stuff back and they had no okay. indication of these failures during their testing. And hmm. so part of it, my first reaction was, is, well, you can't test in reliability. And two is if your testing doesn't look at infant mortality type stuff, like run a halt test, um, right. You're probably not going to find that stuff, you know, unless you mimic, how users are going to use it. And you got to understand how they're, how and where they're going to use it. And so we went back and wow. forth on that. So I figured, mm -hmm. so I, they really was focusing on how come we did all this testing. We didn't find anything, you know, that we're finding in the field. What did we, you know, what should, it wasn't, what did we do wrong? He said, so what should we do? And I says, well, <laughs> what would you be your first, I mean, given just that, and it really was just a snippet and it was all, you know, I, right. He didn't give me right. anything variety. I don't even know what market it is. Um, okay. But you're getting failures that surprise you in the field. What should you right. do first? What should you do first? Yeah. Well, you would better have a good understanding of why those failures occurred. Yeah. In other words, root cause analysis. First, understand them. Exactly. Absolutely. That's the first thing. And if it's a really scattered, I mean, you, you've got to have a pattern there for the, for, you know, three of, the same kind of failure mechanism to say, uh, well, first of all, you it know, just that, depends on what it is. I mean, if it's missing it a part, what and, it is. right. It's, you know. right. You can sometimes determine, you know, if it's a, uh, a lack of solder on a, a reflow or the, 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 it didn't, you can see that it didn't get hot enough to reflow properly. Or, or uh, it was solder. just a, the wrong part was right. installed and you go, wait a second, how often, you know, is this automated right. and they put a, the wrong reel on and I got 10,000 of these now. And you and I both know that, uh, you know, the going from design prototypes to the actual mass production or, you know, pilots and mass production, a lot of changes can occur. And especially in like components that the uh, uh, the buyer, the, uh, the procurement 
uh, start person. looking for second sources. Sources, right? Second sources and a little cheaper sources and things like that. But that you know, and then I'd go back, of course, to their testing. I'd say, what what did you do in the test? What 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 kind of testing did you do? And you mentioned halt, but I would say in halt, you don't want to find uh, manifest. Most of the time, I would I would argue that uh, infant mortality comes from for the most part, manufacturing defects, either a, a weak, uh, a wide distribution where the parts, some parts are very weak mm-hmm. or something uh, to that effect, you know, that you can design out by not being so dependent on that part or having, um, having a narrow range that that, uh, part has to, you know, or, or having a wider range of the part can well, operate. You know, you know, it, there's a lot of design. Well, there's but, always arguments. And, you know, my opinion is it's always the designer's fault. So I, I was doing a halt <laughs> once on a consumer product. And they, from the battery case, it was portable. So the, from the battery right. box, they ran a bare wire, a stiff wire down. Uh-huh. And originally it was going to go straight down and solder into the circuit board. And yeah. for whatever reason, they changed the circuit board. And so it had to go over to the left, say, about half an inch. Mm-hmm. So they put a, okay. a bend in the wire and then yeah. put it into the board and they hand soldered it in. It was a through hole and, and clipped, you know, and, and bent over. So right. it was a pretty decent through hole solder joint And when they put it together. Um, but the bend was right on top of the conformal coating, not the conformal coating, just the, the um, uh, what's the... You, you look at a circuit board and it's green or blue and it's not conformal coating. What's the top layer called? Top, I don't, uh, it covers the uh, trace, the the copper traces. Uh, so, uh, mask. Solder mask. It's a yeah. solder mask, right. Yeah. yeah. So it was right down on top of the solder mask or really close to yeah. it. So we put it in mm-hmm. a halt and it wore right through that solder mask. And of course it found right. a, a, a circuit right under, or a trace right under it, which was the opposite polarity straight back to the battery and shorted it up. <laughs> right. So the engineer, the mechanical engineer that created this little wire and here's the dimensions and the drawings and the study and the finite element and everything else he did to get this little fix put in here, um, mm-hmm. blame manufacturing for not following his drawing. <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know? Right. You got it flat on the, if I follow your drawing, they'd have to make it really poorly before it wouldn't touch the top of the solder mask. And what do you think? The solder mask is insulating. It's going to keep your yeah. wire from rubbing through it. You know? And so anyway, they, he blamed manufacturing, manufacturing blamed the design. You know, they went back and forth. We just fixed it. Right. That's all we did. Right, you know, and how did you fix it? Put a piece of carpet tape underneath it, so it had to wear <laughs> through a quarter inch of stuff. <laughs> it also dampened it, so right. it didn't vibrate as much. Um, but yeah, right. it just glued it down basically. Well, it's kind of a a design. Yeah, uh, you know, you've got to consider design for manufacturability and those kind of things. But again, you caught it in halt, so. Yeah. If this had been done uh, early, you would have seen it, that kind of thing. And that, in fact, should sell them on halt once you found a problem that they that they did see in the field. You know, they mm-hmm. already know now that if we've done better testing and tested to the limits and found the, the absolute, you know, fundamental limits of the technology of, you know, what what it could do or weaknesses that might be evaluated as risks to the field – 
that's what you find. And well, you so don't that was kind of, but that was kind know. of my second point to this guy is what should I do now? And I said, well, understand the failures and design them out, whether it's the design right. or the process, right. fix it. Right. And two is right. do halt. What else is going to fail that you don't know about? You know, because exactly. if testing it to feature, like it's supposed to, the green light turns on when I turn it on, you know, well, right. okay, so <laughs> there's no stress yeah. here. You know, you turn right. it on enough 10 times. Right. Is your switch a problem or a concern? Right. Is there, you know. Um, right. But you also mentioned that, that they uh, had applications that they didn't anticipate or yeah. the user might have been using it in applications they didn't anticipate, mm -hmm. which is kind of a failure of the, you know, survey of potential users or not understanding the market necessarily or understanding where their parts are going. I'm not sure what, what it was, but that was a little bit of research failure and knowing how, you know, of course a new device, somebody says, Oh, ah, we were looking for something like that to go down this, you know, well, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> or we were looking for something like this to be put in our car or a vehicle. Well, you, well, you could see, well, you know, you know, you're joking about that, but you know, you can imagine the right. GoPro, you know, put a weight right. underneath it, drop Absolutely. it down in a well to do a visual inspection of it. Sure, <laughs> you sure. Know? It's a tough little camera. I don't know that it could take thirty thousand psi, but <laughs> yeah, but it can go twenty feet down into the, into yeah, the pool to look right. at. You know, right? So, but it was built for that. I mean, yeah. you had, well, it has a kind case. Of. I, I had one. There could be one in the. You didn't put it in the blender, did you? No, it's probably sitting at the bottom of a, a near an island in the British Virgin Islands. Oh, so you don't I, need to I put weights it. on it. <laughs> no, it's, it may be there after the hurricane. I don't know. It could have been washed up on shore. would be interesting if anybody ever sent it back to see if water ever seeped into the waterproof housing. But yeah. I'm sure there's lots of cameras down at the bottom of those. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure there are. <laughs> right below where all the all the yachts dock, you yeah. know, it's like they've dropped a few phones too. Oh, I found a phone. I was getting ready to do a triathlon, and we're getting warmed up, and you know, <laughs> for swimming, the first segment is swimming, so we're getting just warmed up in the in the and it was in a harbor. They cleared out yeah. a, a lane for us to swim out and back, and um, some we're three of us are kind of floating there, and mm -hmm. you know, chatting, and somebody goes, "Oh, look." Somebody dropped a phone and it was right about yeah. the time the new smartphones were out and he uh -huh. dove down. I don't know. It was probably 15 feet down and picked it up and goes, Hey, it still works. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They're water, they're no. water resistant. No, no, no. He was joking. It was, Oh, it didn't. It's <laughs> it was gone. Like, it was, it had barnacles on it. It was, it'd been Oh, it'd been there for a while. Okay. <laughs> no, it wouldn't work, but they do. Now they are much more, uh, water resistant. And, you oh, know, yeah. I would, I would quickly grab one and not worry about putting it in a bag of rice yeah. necessarily. But one of the things that, you know, if you, but there are limits, right? So the one part is you shouldn't be surprised. And part of that is understanding the use environment. And, and that's part marketing. That's part quality. That's part design reliability is in the middle of all this. Cause if we don't get it right, we have failures, but there is a fuzzy line. There is, there a, fuzzy is a fuzzy line, line in every between what, a customer may think he can do and what is really possible. For instance, if we were to try and lower that GoPro into a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> if it was wireless, know, it would send pictures for back for a yeah, minute. Yeah. It'll, yeah, it'll go for a few minutes, a minute maybe, and then it's gone. And yeah. 
you can't expect it. That's, you know, way beyond anything that uh, technology can do. I mean, not, well, let's look at this. Well, we've sent a probe that's going through almost the corona of the sun now, yeah. which is millions of degrees. And they're amazing that they've been able to, uh, you know, they're able to use the the shields and everything to have what the images are of little particles coming out of the corona and things. If you've seen it. Mm, I, I heard about that project, but I thought, yeah, it's going to get close and just vaporize. Right. And we got the, now we've got the new um, telescope. Oh, and they that, have big shields on it. So it stays close to zero. Zero, <laughs> zero Kelvin. I mean, that is an amazing technology. One side keeps the hot side hot and the cold side cold. But it also, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish I had an ice chest. That would do that, they, you know? that, right. And they, I'm sure they've had margin on the, you know, I assume they they froze everything to zero Kelvin as close as they could get on Earth to, to make zero sure Kelvin. It well, yeah, I mean, but I, I was teaching a class in Houston at NASA yeah. for Houston, and they took me on a tour one day of their labs. Basically, they you said they can replicate all of the conditions of space except the low gravity. And so temperature, right. the irradiation, sun, the all, I mean, all kind. I mean, just the vacuum. All and there's a monstrous building. So they put the whole satellite, the whole right. payload, in there, right. and if it's in vacuumous space, it's got uh, infrared simulating the sun on one side, and they rotate it by uh -huh. shadows, mm -hmm. and and it mind-boggling what they can do and he goes yeah but right. we're working on that gravity thing <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> all they have to do is put it on the what they call the vomit comet you know the the plane that uh does weightlessness oh, yeah, yeah, all they yeah, have weightless. to do is put all that complex system on one of those planes and there they got you know temporary weightlessness there you go <laughs> yeah you can you, can you see the 747 with the space shuttle strapped to the top and, and inside is the payload with all this yeah. monitoring and stuff and it going up and down up and down no i don't think that's going to happen i don't think that's going to happen but no, that would be outside the use conditions for carrying this space shuttle back home but the, but part of <laughs> yeah. it is is that if in, I've seen it in organizations. Well, marketing supposed they told us what the customer's going to do. It's and then you design something that now right. the customers do something different with it, and it doesn't work. Right. That's right. not marketing's fault. That's you guys not thinking this through as a team. And well, you know, marketing blames quality. Well, you're the voice of the customer. They blame this, and they and like stop it. It's not working. <laughs> Let's change the process. So that's the second thing, right? The yes. third one, okay. third one is <laughs> just because you did a bunch of testing doesn't mean it's going to work. Is your testing replicating the stresses that your customers are applying to your product? And so just because you think you know what the customer is doing, that's one mistake. The other one is if you really do know what customers are doing, but you only use industry standards that go from zero to a hundred and they don't, you know, and they you go way outside all these limits all the time. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's why you shouldn't really be, that's why you should focus on the limits and pushing it to and finding what causes the limits and saying, can you make those any better with standard material? Can you 
increase those with standard materials and standard processes. Well, That's and, well, kind and, of it. But yeah, well, you know that there's this gray line in that whole argument is that, you know, yeah, if I made it out of titanium, we could withstand right, this. Right, right, but thing. that's not a standard material. That's no, 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 but if I'm already Brad. using stainless steel, then I, I, and I find a limit there. But the point is, yeah. is that if you're way above, but you have to understand how and where the cut products use. If it's a stationary product, on a desk someplace in an office and not portable anything else, just because they found a limit for one material that's, you know, eons or ages or light years away from its use conditions. I got lots of margin. I don't, I don't need to change that one just because I found a limit, even though it's a technological limit, it's, I don't have to fix that. No, but let me go back a little bit to what you were saying before about the uh, it's got to be you, you stimulate the product the way it was uh, in the field or what it'll it, it what the kind types of, of stresses, stresses it's going to see. Yeah, besides, it's right, right. But there are cases like my first you know project with a power supply company that set in semiconductor manufacturing mm -hmm. equipment. Okay. It, it, in its life, it It has, except for shipping, it receives very little vibration. But vibration does if there's a weak solder joint or yeah. cracked solder joint, which may uh, degrade and finally uh, become an open circuit mm -hmm. with expansion and contraction through thermal expansion and contraction. Right, right. You can you can stimulate that and accelerate it much faster. Uh, through well, yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I agree, so, but you, you need to so focus on. You may on... not see that, right? You may not. You say, well, that never. It'll never see that stress in its in its life. No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying that. There's plenty of ways to go about, you know, accelerating failure mechanisms. But part of that comes right. from knowing what you're looking for. In, exactly. Right? But the right. the part of the question was is that we're being surprised by what we're getting back, and so there were quickly labeling them customer abuse, which is another problem that well it is. And like I about. say, the GoPro down a volcano would be customer abuse. So you know. <laughs> well, and, I bet if you know, so if you get thirty of those after after one week you get thirty of those failures, oh it didn't survive the volcano plunge, you know, we were on <laughs> you know, we're at, at uh, Maui or where's the big island and we were tracking this volcano flow oh, and it, it, it didn't survive. We right. chipped it out of yeah. the, the hardened lava and it was gone. And, yeah. you know, the wire, the power supply was fine, but, you know, right. yeah, but the, exactly. But the, <laughs> if you get a whole bunch of those, right, if you get a whole pile of those, somebody better say, hey, you know, we might need to make these waterproof or volcano proof or whatever. There might be a market for that. It's <laughs> well, they're, right. And we can charge a lot more. And that's, you know, that's another thing. Maybe the sales department or the people that were selling the product, you know, weren't feeding back where this customer wanted. To, you know, he was anxious to sell the product. So he didn't necessarily tell the, uh, you know, ask the engineers, will it survive this? Or this is the way the, the application the person wants you. Sometimes they do. They have well, an application. Well, they had a great ad where they, you know, <laughs> you know, had this volcano and they had a fishing line and they dropped it in there and got pictures of the inside of it. Yeah. It was just in the ad. I mean, I don't know why yeah. it set expectations <laughs> that it would work. I, I think it's funny now that Apple is doing uh, in their ads showing uh, childproof phones, you know, where the kid walks around, drops it, uh, beats it on the, you know, Uses ground. Uses a hammer, yeah. 
<laughs> Gums it. Nom, 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 nom. And it's showing that, you know, the, the manufacturers are actually making more robust phones. Oh, yeah. That wouldn't would withstand what they show in the Apple ad and or other smartphones. I don't know that anybody else's. Uh, really, I haven't seen any ads, I guess. I don't know. Uh, showing how the ruggedness of their phones and how much more uh, strong they are. Yeah. So, you know, but it's always the case where uh, the, a lot of times there is an application uh, that has uh, special uh, stresses in it or different stresses or extreme stresses. And, you know, a consumer product then needs to be um, – that would have like it's like a consumer blender versus uh, <laughs> industrial one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, like the one you use at a in a, in a shake shop, a ice cream shop, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that you you wouldn't buy uh, just a, a typical blender, probably, or uh, you could. No, it's, it's the same. You don't you don't go down to Sears. Do they still exist? And and buy a <laughs> dozen washing machines and put them in your laundromat. You know those no, laundromat ones no, right. are different, specially built right to, to run all the time and all that other stuff. Right. So, but anyway, back to this guy's question: Is what do you do now? Is one fix understand and fix the problems. Two, take a close look at what you're doing in your testing and prediction and your modeling that you missed these signals for these kinds of failures because you've got great information now. And I'd say three is you need to understand your customers better. <laughs> you know, right. understand what they're doing and it might be a market opportunity, but it also might be that your process of listening to what your customers want from a product and how they're going to use it is broken. You need to fix that. And all of those are reliability things that, we could write. Um, but you need to find those things out before you get it to the customer. And so mm -hmm. one of the things I'd add to that is initially in the first pilot runs, you probably need to do a highly accelerated stress screen. In other words, uh, a, a stress based on the limits of the product. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On what you've already, if you've done a halt and tested the limits, then you need to develop a house and apply that to the first 200 or maybe 1,000 units to at least a sample of them to see what your initial learning curve in manufacturing is because mm -hmm. that certainly attributes a lot to unreliability. Okay. So yeah. that would be my addition. And, and then depending on what you learn from the failure analysis and the root cause analysis type stuff, then you'll have a pretty good list of what to go work right. on. Right, right. Yeah, never it should a dull be. That, that, yeah. should, that should guide you completely on what to do uh, until another customer uses it in a different application. That's right. <laughs> like a volcano. <laughs> it's it's a dynamic target sometimes. It is. Yeah. It is. So if you, you know, got a question for us or have a, a query or something like that or a comment back on, on this particular question, let us know. Head over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. And you can find a widget there to record us a message, or you could uh, leave a written message. You can find Kirk and I on LinkedIn or on our, our about pages through Ascendo. Lots of ways you can get in touch with us. And as you can tell, we really enjoy these questions and, and actually try to help. And, and then we make fun of it when yeah. we talk about it in the, in the show a whole, <laughs> little bit, but not always. Um, yeah. But it's, we wish you could know more. Yeah, <laughs> we, we wish you could know details of all these issues. But I, it's NDAs will keep us away from ever really discussing a but lot. Well, we can, you know, we can we can convey a lot of information real quick right. and and yes. 
And yeah. if it's a quick question, I, I have no problem answering your question uh, directly and get on the phone and we'll have, you know, work it out. Um, right. But I'm not going to design your product for you. I charge you for that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. That's right. But- well, thanks, Kirk, for chiming in on this one. It's uh, I knew you okay, have. Fred. A, I knew you were going to talk about halt and test the limits and all that stuff. I but that's a good yeah, answer. It's a, I mean, it's a good answer. <laughs> it's a deep pool of opinions in, in reliability. It okay. Right, we'll thanks. talk to you again soon, hopefully. Yeah. Cheers, Kirk. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show. Please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.